Coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. The enemy will capitalize on complacency because nothing terrible happens immediately. We think that we can keep doing what we've been doing. I haven't been, I haven't been caught fudging the numbers just yet so I can keep on doing it. I haven't been caught stealing time from my job or stealing things from my job. So I'm going to keep on doing it. Uh, yes, the church is dying, but they ain't closed the doors yet. So we can keep on doing the same thing we've been doing. Just because something happens doesn't happen immediately does not mean it's okay. Let's get into the word. Uh, today's message is going to come from the book of Genesis, the second chapter. I'm going to be reading uh, Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. Then I'm going to go down to verse chapter 3 and read verses 1 through 7. Again, that is Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. And chapter 3. Verses 1 through 7. I pray we do not have trouble finding the book of Genesis. It is the first book of the Old Testament, and so it's at the front of your Bible. Amen. Uh, there are many translations of God's word. I'm going to be reading from the New International Version today. Uh, let's see what it has to say for us today. Amen. Hear ye the word of the Lord. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Chapter 3 says, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. The word of God for the people of God, thanks be to God. Pray with me, please. Oh Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. We thank you for this opportunity to gather in your word, Lord God. Your word says to study to show thyself approved. A workman needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. God, here I am but your humble servant behind your sacred desk. 
called to teach to your people. Let every word that I speak and thought that I think be acceptable in your sight. Hide me behind your cross so that people don't see me, but they see Jesus. It is in your darling son, Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Uh, for the time uh, that we get to spend together today, I'd like to talk about the fact that you can't eat just one. You can't eat just one. I go by donut stores often. Uh, there are two donut stores in my city where I actually don't have to order. I walk in, they know what I want, and they start bagging it up. But there's a challenge when I go to those places for breakfast um, because these are both mom and pop type stores. They're always either trying to upsell or throw something in additional at no cost. Uh, and so when I order one kolache, uh, they're going to ask if I want two. Now, if I get two kolaches, uh, sometimes they'll try to throw some extra donut holes in the bag for me uh, on top of that. Or if I say I only want one donut, uh, they try to give me two for free. And I'm trying to be disciplined, right? And, and so I ask myself in trying to be disciplined, is this a blessing or a test? <laughs> uh, and, 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 and I'm trying not to overeat when I'm there, uh, but the, the act of customer service uh, seems to go on and, and they always give me more than what I asked for. It's, it's kind of like the tagline uh, from the old potato chip commercial, you can't eat just one. I read this story about Sam who decided he was going on a diet and he announced his plan to his friends and coworkers to make sure that he would succeed. Uh, Sam was like Oscar Wilde who re uh, remarked, I can resist anything except temptation. Sam's coworkers were pretty good about giving him moral support until the morning he walked into the office carrying a box of freshly baked donuts. What's with the donuts, Sam? One of them asked. I, I thought you were on a diet. Uh, I am, said Sam. Uh, but I want you to know I would not have gotten these donuts if it wasn't for God. And, and they got a little confused about that. That kind of remark begs for an explanation. And he said, you, you, you see, I was driving into work and I knew I had to go right past the bakery. I just couldn't get these donuts out of my mind. So I decided to pray to God to help. God, I said, if you want me to have a box of hot, delicious donuts, give me a parking spot right in front of the bakery. And sure enough, I found one on my eighth trip around the donut store. 
Sam's story of temptation and rationalization is not the first of its kind. We find a similar story here in Genesis, although not about donuts. Uh, It's a story in Genesis, and Genesis is part of what we call the Pentateuch, big old $5 word that means the first five books of the Bible. Uh, Something of note is that Genesis... uh, uh, has stories that repeat itself, and and the creation story is one of them. Um, Genesis chapter one verse one through Genesis chapter two verse three is the first creation story, and then Genesis two. Uh, verse 4 through 24 is the second creation story. And scholars believe that the second creation story is actually older than the first one. I don't know why the older story comes uh, second in the text, but uh, it, it happens. Uh, one scholar says that Genesis thereby invites the reader to see a fuller truth by holding different but complementary viewpoints together at the same time. If you have five comedians telling a joke, you get five different jokes. It doesn't mean that the joke no longer exists. When you have witnesses that uh, observe an event from different angles, uh, they uh, offer a different perspective because they had a different angle. It does not mean that the event did not happen or that the event is no longer valid. It just means you heard two different versions of the same story. Uh, and so we, we join them in scripture and in verses 15 through 17 of chapter 2, God puts Adam in uh, the Garden of Eden and tells him to till the land and keep it. Some translations say keep the land and take care of it. Uh, God gives Adam a purpose. Uh, then Adam gives uh, God gives Adam permission and prohibition, permission to eat every of the other tree, uh, the fruit off of every other tree, but prohibition to avoid one tree. God tells Adam, "You can eat every tree in the garden except from this one tree. If you eat from this tree, you will die." And so that's uh, uh, chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. And although I didn't read it uh, today, if you read it in your own study time, when you get to chapter 2, verse 22, God gives Adam a wife. Amen. Uh, <laughs> he gave him the, the land and a job before he got the spouse. Adam had the Garden of Eden and a job before he got Eve. But a serpent comes along in chapter 3 and tricks Eve and Adam, for that matter, into eating from the one tree they were not supposed to eat from. And they are shamed by their actions and and, and try to cover themselves with fig leaves to hide their shame and their sin. You know, fig leaves are not the most comfortable leave to touch. Uh, um, They're prickly, they're rough, and I cannot imagine using them to cover your special parts. But Adam and Eve 
broke a direct commandment from God. God told them, don't eat from this tree, and they did. And one scholar says that when this commandment was broken, sin and death entered the world, warping humanity's original desires for God so that humans exalted the creature over the creator, which is the present source of all human misery. Although tempted by the serpent, the point of origin for evil in the world was the human will itself, in particular, the free decision to transgress God's will. We, we blame the serpent, but we can't put all of the blame on the serpent. They still had to act. They still had the intent. People will tempt you to do all kinds of things, but you can't blame them for when you act. You can't control what the other person does, but you can control how you respond. You know, the serpent didn't technically lie to Eve. Um, every word out of his mouth is true. He didn't say that he didn't, God didn't say don't eat it. He just asked, did he really say that? The serpent fails to tell the whole truth. So it's more of a, of a lie by omission. He slices off carefully selected segments of the truth. And it's one calculated to impugn God's motives and to puff up his listeners with self destructive pride. And I also don't blame Eve only for eating the fruit. People often want to use this uh, passage of scripture to try to say that women are evil and women are cunning and, and women are these sort of these characters that just take advantage of, of these virtuous men. No, 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 no. The text says that she ate the fruit and gave it to Adam, his husband, right? Because he was there. Adam was there when the serpent spoke to Eve. He didn't say anything. Not only that, Eve was not around when God gave the command. God gave the command to Adam in chapter 2, verses 15 and 17. Eve does not come into the picture until verse 22. So God told Adam not to eat the fruit. And because we have hearsay, Eve says that God said, don't eat the fruit and don't touch the tree. So we have gossip and hearsay and misquotes contributing to the confusion. And, and the serpent also tells Eve that she won't die. Adam and Eve die, just not right then. I, 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 um, I wonder how the church fails at the same way. We're told not to do something, and because we think something won't happen immediately, we, we, we think everything's okay. The enemy will capitalize on confusion. And if you don't know the word, they can use it against you. The enemy will capitalize on complacency because nothing terrible happens immediately. We think that we can keep doing what we've been doing. I haven't been, I haven't been caught 
fudging the numbers just yet so I can keep on doing it. I haven't been caught stealing time from my job or stealing things from my job, so I'm going to keep on doing it. Uh, yes, the church is dying, but they ain't closed the doors yet, so we can keep on doing the same thing we've been doing. Just because something happens doesn't happen immediately does not mean it's okay. And the very same thing is true of our own inner voices of temptation. We aren't tempted by blatantly wrong things in this world. Evil masquerading as good causes the most difficulty. Uh, Philip Dormer Stanhope. Uh, the fourth Earl of Chesterfield wrote back in the 1700s, vice in its true light is so deformed that it shocks us at first sight and would hardly ever seduce us if it did not at first wear the mask of some virtue. When we do wrong, we don't start off doing wrong. We start off thinking we're doing the right thing and then just veer off just a little bit. And in our minds, the process by which we turn vice into virtue is rationalization. It's the same process Eve goes through when she thinks that about disobeying the Lord to eat the forbidden fruit. And when Eve convinces herself that the tree is useful and beautiful and a source of wisdom, she can do what would otherwise be unthinkable. We all have rationalizations that we put in. I'm not committing adultery. I'm just finding the love I need because my spouse isn't there for me. I'm not living a greedy lifestyle of overconsumption. I'm just pursuing the American dream. I'm not hurting anybody when I cheat my customers. I'm just following the laws of the marketplace. I'm not abusing my child, I'm just practicing discipline. Rationalizations can be deadly. But here's some good news. There is a way out. It's called grace. When we recognize temptation for what it is and we acknowledge that we cannot beat it on our own, God enters and gives us what we need to prevail. It's all a matter of whom we trust. If we trust ourselves alone, we can go down in flames. Trust God, the author of grace, and we will find more often than not the strength we need to resist temptation and live a godly life. Uh, the story of mission and Distraction uh, begins our journey through Lent. For the church, it is a time of repentance, of recognizing how we have let ourselves be distracted from the mission God intends for us. God's mission has not changed. And in the aftermath of stumbling, God still calls us back to the right path. God calls us back every day and every Lent. Sin separates us from God 
and humans cannot bridge the gap between themselves and God through their own efforts. Just like Adam and Eve's fig leaves could not truly cover their sin, humanity's attempts to atone for their own sin are ultimately insufficient. Jesus, however, is the ultimate solution for humanity's sin problem. Jesus took on the punishment for humanity's sin through his sacrificial death on the cross. And his resurrection offers the hope of eternal life and reconciliation with God. Uh, by accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we can be forgiven of our sins and have access to eternal life. You see, those fig leaves that Adam and Eve used to cover themselves don't truly cover Adam and Eve's sin and shame. That's the human efforts to, to overcome, but human efforts to overcome sin are ultimately futile without the intervention of a savior. And so this creation story is a prequel to let us know that we won't be able to get it all right by ourselves. And because we won't be able to get it right all by ourselves, we won't be able to cover it all up by ourselves. Turn it over to Jesus who will be able to cover all that sin and shame. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open and we invite you to come. Pray with me, please. God, we thank you for your word that went forth. We thank you for those who heard it. We thank you for those who will hear it later. That those who desire to know Jesus Christ in the pardon of their sins, those who desire a better covering than some cobbled together fig leaves, will ask, what must I do to become saved? Lord God, let your word be a seed that is planted in good soil and produces a great harvest, 30, 60, 100 fold. Let your Holy Spirit rule, rest, and abide over all of us and let your kingdom come. It is in your darling son's precious, perfect, powerful name, Jesus the Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for watching this video. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Don't forget to connect with me on social media. Pastor Johnny Simpson Jr. on Facebook, at Pastor J. Simpson Jr. on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for watching, and God bless.